0: Dear God, thank you so much for this day. Thank you that my family oh, si and I can be together. Now, I'm in I'm Lord, so as your people, and we just clung your promise now. Our no Father Father we humble ourselves we and pray, name. and seek your face, the comes, and turn from all of our done. wicked ways. Thunder. Thunder. Lord, me Lord, me. Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my border, and now. that your hand might be with me. And that you would keep me from harm so that it might not bring me to thank you so much for everything that you've done for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, today I want to talk about praying, but do so in maybe a little bit unusual manner. And that is, um, I remember in my very first church, my wife and I leading this lady to the Lord... And pretty soon, a few weeks into her Christian life, she came to church and cornered me after the church service and said, Pastor, I think that I really must be sinning against God because all I can do is pray for me and all my problems. And I pointed out to her not only was she not sinning, but she was doing something actually very good. The Bible really backs up us praying, petitioning for ourselves. Remember, remember Genesis chapter 32 when uh, Jacob wrestled with the angel of God, and he said, I'm not gonna let you go until you bless me. And then in the New Testament, blind Bartimaeus, we look at the woman with an issue of blood. What about the man who got, Jesus said, look, if you believe, all things are possible to those who believe. And he said, Lord, I do believe, help my unbelief. All through the Old and New Testament, we find people praying for themselves, And it's just because if you are not where you need to be with God, you really can't help anyone else. If you are fallen in some way into sin, then you really can't petition everybody else. If you don't have joy in your life because God is blessing you, how do you feel about passing that on as you witness to other people? It's imperative that we pray for ourselves. And so, as we open up our passage today in 1 Chronicles chapter 4, we're gonna study about a a man who is known more for what he prayed than for what he did. Years ago, in fact, 20 years ago, Bruce Wilkinson, the founder of Walk Through the Bible Ministries, wrote a book. And he called it The Prayer of Jabez, and it just took uh, Christianity by storm. In fact, 9 million copies were sold of that little book, In the first two years not only were Christians buying it but also non Christians as well but the problem was to some people it was becoming sort of a magical formula wow you just pray this prayer and all kinds of little magical things are gonna happen to you we don't want to approach it at all in that manner nor did Bruce Wilkinson approach it that way but it is a prayer with four basic ingredients that all of us should be praying for ourselves Now, this is not an exclusive. We can pray for other things in our life, but these are four very broad, general statements that you and I should embrace. And at the end of this message, we're going to ask you to do something about this, and so you need to keep your welcome card uh, really handy. But as we look at this, I want to read these verses to you. Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, and his mother called his name Jabez, saying, because I bore him in pain. Jabez called upon the Lord, God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my border, and that your hand would be with me, and you would keep me from harm, so it might not bring me pain. And God granted what he asked. Well, as we look at these verses, we'll find out four things that basically Jabez prayed for. Number one, bless me. Then secondly, enlarge me. Thirdly, empower me. Fourthly, protect me. There have been churches, one down here in Lakeland, a friend of mine 20 years ago challenged his church to pray this prayer, and he wrote a book on all the blessings that came to his church people because of them being dedicated to praying this prayer. And so it is authentic, and I want you to notice something very, very important about this prayer. God did not rebuke him. God didn't say, hey, you're just praying for yourself. What about other people? He didn't say, look, These four things, I'm really not going to answer those. I'm going to answer these over here. No, the the Bible tells us that God answered his prayer. So we're going to look at these four things. Four things this morning. First of all, I want you to see in verse 10, he says, bless me. Now, many of your versions may say, Lord, bless me indeed. And this is just an emphasis. In fact, the version I'm reading for, ESV, from ESV, says, oh, That you would bless me. Same idea in the Hebrew. That you would bless me indeed, that you would overwhelm me with blessings in my life. Now, Jabez, a little background here, his name means pain. How would you like to grow up with a name like that? You know, in Hebrew, basically you're calling everybody, you're calling this guy pain. You're you know, you're really a pain to me. Can you imagine his brothers? giving him such a difficult time how do you know he had brothers well it says right here he was more honorable than the rest of his brothers now i don't know what that means it may be mean that he's a very 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 honorable man or just better than his brothers he's like the pastor that was or, or a man whose brother passed away and he's a real scoundrel uh very much known in the community as being a really a, a different guy almost really a, with a criminal mind and um he was going to pay $1,000 to a pastor that would get up in the pulpit during his brother's funeral and call him a saint. Well, finally he had a, he had a, he had a taker. Guy got up, preached, and he said, this man was a scoundrel. He was, he was mean. He was, uh, he was this. He was that. But next to his brother, he was a saint. Well, it could have been that. I don't know. But it says that in spite of what he was going through in life, And in spite of what his mother named him, he wanted what was best for God in his life. In fact, this prayer suggests that Jabez wanted the best God had to offer him. This word bless in the uh, Hebrew is the word barak. And it means that to invite, it means to invite or desire divine favor in our life. It gives us, again, that picture in Genesis chapter 32 about Jacob wrestling with the angel and insisting that, we get, that he get blessed. Jabez is insisting upon God. Lord, and bless me indeed. This is my request. Bless me. We look at this all throughout the Bible in Psalms over and over and over again. It tells us that the people of the Old Testament were praying for a blessing, a favor, In in their own life, the Beatitudes, when Jesus was talking and preaching in the Sermon on the Mount, blessed are those who mourn, blessed are those poor in spirit, mourn, blessed are those who are merciful, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, they shall, shall be filled. What was he praying here? The word blessed there means happy because you're happy when you're doing the will of God. You're happy when God is overwhelming your life with great blessing. Now, how do we get this? Well, obviously, what we've already talked about before, you have to be in the path of blessing of God. It even says in Psalm 1, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season. Its leaf does not wither, and whatever he does, he what? He prospers. There's a blessing here from God when we walk in his path. Now, what we've explained in this series, you have a path, if I can just imagine this being a path, a blessing in our life, it's the will of God for our life. It's where we're obeying the word of God, the will of God, not only what's in the Bible, but what he shares with us and tells us through prayer and Bible reading. So there we are in the path of blessing. All along that path, God has blessings for our life, whether we ask or not. They're just there. We need them. We need them in order to fulfill our mission in life. We need them in order to be uh, sort of walking with God It's part of our walk. But the Bible also presents things, even when we're on a path of blessing, that are not gonna be there for us at all, unless we ask for them. They're there, maybe if you can just imagine, this is not scriptural, but if you can just imagine an angel standing there with the blessing, he's ready to give you, and you walk right by it without asking. James 4, 2 says, you don't have because you do not ask. So there's two things that we know from Scripture and this series of messages. We need to be in the path of blessing, have Christ as Lord of our life, but then also we need to ask God. We need to ask God to bless us with great supernatural blessings. Now, what did he really pray for? I can see Jabez now. You can read it right here in the Bible. It says, bless me with a great family. Bless me with a lot of money. Bless me with a lot of property. Bless me, bless me. No, he didn't name anything. Because he was leaving it up to God. Really, he was leaving it up to God on the blessings and how God would bless him in life. You know, sometimes we go along in life and we think to ourselves, well, I'm praying for the blessing of God and I don't feel, I'm waiting and waiting and, and, you know, things aren't really going the way I want them to go. But when we're saying to God, God, I want this blessing and if you don't give me this blessing, then obviously you're not blessing me. What we're really saying is, God, I've got a handle on this. I know more than you know. And as a matter of fact, if you're not giving me what I want, then obviously uh, you're not blessing me. Something's wrong with my life. Something's wrong with the Bible. Something's wrong with you. Something is not going well because you're not giving me what I want. Listen, there's a lot of bumps along the road. Suppose we would have a, uh, a raffle today. And the winner was going to get a, a trip to Hawaii. Hawaii. By the way, we're going to make this very scriptural. You don't have to pay anything to get your name put in, okay? But how many of you would like that? You'd like to go to Hawaii? Anyone here? Are right, the rest of you, your name's not going in the box. You just won't participate. So you're going to go, and, boy, you were all excited. You woke up the next morning and said, okay, what do I do? What do I do? Well, you need to go down to the airport, and you need to—you're going to be, have about a three-hour wait— but you need to get there three, hour, or three hours early, go through that little scanner, go through this long line, wait there for the plane to board, get on the plane, and then go to Los Angeles. About a six-hour flight or so to Los Angeles. And you'll get off there. You'll wait about four to six hours to get on the next plane, another eight or nine hours to fly to Hawaii, and there you're going to be in paradise. Well, I, don't want, I can't believe you, you suckered me into something like this. I didn't know that. Look at all the waiting I'm going to have to go. Look at all the travel I've got to go through. Have you ever been on a plane for eight hours? I, no, you just, I just thought I'd wake up today and I'd be there. No, that, that's not what you think. And when we're going through the blessings of God, it's the same thing. Sometimes we, we have things that we don't see coming. But nevertheless, God is there waiting with the blessing if we're right with him and we'll ask. He says, Lord, bless me indeed. And it's really trusting God to bless you the way you would want to be blessed if you knew what God knew. But not only does he pray pray for a blessing, and I hope that you would want that in your life. All kinds of things that God could give to you if you would ask. But also he says this. He says, Lord, enlarge my border. Enlarge me. Now, that usually happens to people who, after they turn 40, but that's not, we're not talking about physical enlargement. That's kind of an easy thing to do. But enlargement means to stretch out, it could mean to multiply, and it comes really from a background uh, of the Exodus and people going into the Promised Land. And if we recall those stories, how God divided up the territory between the different families. And Jabez was saying, literally, enlarge my territory, enlarge my property. Now, spiritually speaking, almost anyone would interpret this and apply this at least to what we have to going on today, that God, you would enlarge my, I don't want to say importance, but that's what he was praying for. The more property I have, the more importance I have, the more influence I have, and so to apply this... We would say, God, enlarge my influence. Enlarge my influence in ministry. Enlarge my influence in my family. Enlarge my influence in my business. I want to be more influential for Jesus Christ in all areas of my life. That may include doing some things you've never done before, kind of like the bucket list idea. It may mean that you're going some places that you've never been before. It's an adventurous thing. Now, I know some of you, as I look around the room, have been with us a little while. Some maybe are are fairly new. And so let me just say this. I I know I sometimes am self-deprecating in here, just telling on myself on every little thing. And my wife will often say, I can't believe you told that story. Just how embarrassing is that? So I'm going to take liberties just for a moment. And I want to share with you my own testimony of the prayer of Jabez. And I hope you'll take this in the right spirit but in around the year 2000 2001 when this book was written and my friend was had already done this in his church I began to read this prayer now our church was already growing in fact it probably grew better and more during the 90s than any other time so it was really exploding but my ministry outside the church was just nothing. I mean, it hadn't grown at all. In fact, I probably did more revivals, did more things outside the church in Georgia than I had done. In fact, I know I had since I'd done when when I was here. And so I started praying this prayer with nothing really in mind. I just started praying the prayer because I wanted God's blessing in my life. And one of those things is that God would enlarge our influence, enlarge our borders. And as I did that, certain things started happening in my life all at once. Through no, no politicking of my own, I ended up being the president of the Florida Baptist Pastors Conference, which is a big conference every year. Uh, that year we had it in Daytona Beach. First Baptist Church of Daytona was the home, was the, the, the place I asked them to loan their building to us for that. The next year I was um, president, I was elected president of the Florida Baptist Convention. Again, I, I didn't politic for that and uh, didn't want it that much It's just kind of a voluntary position so you give a lot of your time without ever getting paid for it but then also I was I had the privilege of serving soon after that as a trustee for Cole Falls College uh, my alma mater and also Southeastern Theological Seminary I was um, also had the privilege of serving our uh, association but also the Georgia Baptist Convention. I was a trustee there, and also the mission trips begin to take place. Now, before that, I'd been on a couple of mission trips, but during that time, there was all kinds of things being opened up. We had a chance to go to Romania. I went to I felt led. Was, the door was open, and so we went to Romania. I was so impressed with what was going on in that school in Aradia that I brought a bunch of businessmen over with me periodically after that. And I went over several times and they built their own ministry there among the business people there in Romania. There were other trips as well. Many other things that that we did to open up new territory for our ministry in Christ. And then a a really strange thing, I went to India a few times and Rod Gilbert who's been to our church uh, several times is the pastor there. He's the national pastor And he started a church. And the first time I went there, they had a 1,000 people. And that was a big church, big church, especially for for, uh, Delhi. And so um, he asked me to teach a leadership conference. And that day we had probably 150 of his leaders from around the country. And they were coming from all over, hitchhiking, making a lot of sacrifices to be there. And he said, there was one study that I did on 10 principles of leadership. I have no idea exactly what that that study was I've I've taught a lot on leadership and I I can't point the finger on exactly which one that was you know it's 10 this 7 this 12 this you know you, you do that kind of thing and so 10 principles of the leadership principles of Jesus he said he said after that I added a few to it and then I taught my leaders that for the next 20 years I thought wow that's pretty significant you say how significant was it Rod, who has been here since then many times, was pastoring a church of 1,000 people. He now pastors multiple churches of 63 million or 63,000 people. 63,000 people in his church. And wow, that was a little bit of part of that. Now, after that, so many mission trips, I didn't really probably pray the third one enough because I thought, God, this is kind of overwhelming. I don't even know how to say no to people. And so um, I quit praying the prayer. I stopped it because I needed a pause in my life. So what was it with the third thing that I should have prayed more? Look in verse 10. It says, enlarge my border that your hand might be with me. Now, the hand speaks to the power, presence and provision of God. It's his anointing. Now, I'm not saying I wasn't praying for the anointing of God, but I wasn't necessarily praying about the energy that it would take to do the will of God. I wasn't praying for the tenacity maybe to do it. I wasn't praying for maybe going through the, all the adversity of time management and changing things. And I surely did not pray for the power to say no. I just looked at an opportunity and just jumped right in. But we look at this. And we find that it's kind of the symbol in the Old Testament where Elijah, the prophet of God, was coming along, walking along under the obedience of God, and placed his mantle upon Elisha to be the next prophet of God, to take his place. That anointing that was going to come his way. That's what Jabez is praying for. He's praying for the anointing, for the power, for the presence, for the provision of God in order to enlarge his border and be able to handle the blessing in his life. Look what Joshua 4.24 says. So that all the peoples of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty, that you may fear the Lord and God forever. And the hand of the Lord, Acts says, was with them, and a great number who believed turned to the Lord. The power, the presence, provision, that, that would include talent, the energy, the foundational support, the resources, and, yeah, the tenacity to see the job finished. You know, the Bible tells us that God is a God of blessing. And he even said that Jesus said this in John chapter 14. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do and greater works Now, think about that for just a moment. With all the works that Jesus did, he says, greater works than these will you do because I am going to the Father. I am praying for you. I am interceding for you. I'm right there at the right hand of the Father ever, the Bible says, ever to make intercession and praying for us. What do we need? We need what God really has already provided. We just need to apply it, and that is the power of the Holy Spirit in our life. The very moment that you and I repent of our sins and ask Jesus to come into our heart, the Bible says we, God is represented there by the Spirit of Christ. He puts it this way. In fact, in John chapter 14, they had to be asking themselves the question, well, how, how, how can we do greater works? And in John chapter 14, 15, and 16, he explains the indwelling of the Holy Spirit of God. Then he says this in the book of Acts. But you will receive, he told the disciples, power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and even to the end of the earth. He says, I'm gonna empower you by the Holy Spirit of God. And you and I have have the opportunity to have that anointing of God and work through the frustrations. And yeah, work through the adversity as well and work through those times when we feel like God's not blessing us, but he really is. But we just don't see it. And he can turn what looks like something that's poor in your life, negative in your life, and turn it to something positive. Donald Gray Barnhouse, the Presbyterian pastor uh, of the last century, tells a story about preaching a series of meetings for this church where the pastor's wife was gonna be, was due just any day. She's gonna have a baby. And one night, he got the word. The baby was on the way, so Donald Gray Barnhouse just went and just really kind of operated in the whole service rather than the pastor being there to do his part. He did the pastor's part. He did the preaching part. When the church service was over and most of the people were gone, the pastor showed up. And he said, wow, I guess congratulations are in order. And And the pastor said, well, I think so. But he said, my child, my daughter that was born tonight, is a Mongoloid child. And I really didn't know how to tell my wife. And so I just, I just wanted to come here. I just needed to talk to you. And Dr. Barnhouse looked at him and said, look, as they sat, sat down and they talked, I want you to call your wife and I want you to tell her that God has blessed you with a Mongoloid child, blessed you with a child of love blessed you with a child that's going to make a difference not only in your life but in other lives as well call her up right now so he called her well the lady at the switchboard knew this man was a pastor he knew that a mongoloid child had been born to his wife she knew that so she wanted to see being a skeptic herself and really against the church she wanted to know how he would respond to that so she listened in on the conversation. And he said, honey, I've got great news for you. God has blessed us tonight with a mongoloid child. And we're going to love that, that little baby girl. And she's going to grow up. She's going to have influence. It's going to be..." And they cried together and rejoiced together. And the woman was just moved. She started being in tears. She started telling everybody in the hospital about what had happened. That Sunday, there were 70 nurses. True story. 70 nurses in that church service. And when the invitation was given by the pastor, 20 of them gave their hearts and lives to Jesus Christ. God using that. Why? He had the strength. He had the empowerment of God to respond in the correct way, even when something in his life did not seem like a blessing. So when we're talking about empowerment, we're not talking about just the resources, just the spiritual gifts, just the talent, but the talent or the power to say no. The power to also do the best thing instead of the good thing. The power to be tenacious in all that we do. And the power to see adversity as being a blessing in our life as we trust him. Trusting him. Knowing, knowing that if we knew what he knew, then we'd want that blessing in our life. Well, one more thing. And this is probably the most important thing. Because without this... The first three will never be answered. Let's look at it. He says, he says, Your hand might be upon me that you would keep me, protect me from harm, so that might not bring me pain. Keep me from harm. Interesting word. It could mean many different things in the original Hebrew, but the thing that it means most is either harm, pain, or evil. Many of your translations will will, uh, interpret it that way. He says, keep me from evil, from the harmful things in my life that would derail me from being all that God wants me to be and derail me from receiving the blessings of God in my life. Notice what Isaiah 59, 1 and 2 says. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save. His ear dull that it cannot hear, but your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear. He said there's, there's a way here that when we're not right with God, when we're not in the path of blessing, we're off in a wilderness somewhere that we're gonna miss the blessing of God. And no matter how much we ask, it's not gonna come. Now I know people say, yeah, we need to resist, we need to resist, we need to resist temptation. That's not what he's praying for here. He's praying, Lord, keep me, protect me from not just the evil sin, but even going toward the sin, going toward the evil. Keep me from harm. He says, it's really what Jesus prayed in the Lord's prayer. Lord, deliver us from evil. Lead us not to to, to temptation, but deliver us from evil. It's avoiding the temptation. Help me to avoid those things that are going to bring harm to our life and that's difficult. You say, well, if you've got the Holy Spirit, boy, you ought to be directed in that. Yes, yes, you should, and you would be, except for you can sin against the Holy Spirit, but you can quench him. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and that's when God's asked you to do something, we don't do it. You're quenching the Holy Spirit. he asked you to do something this week. It's something maybe big in your life, and you didn't do it. You quenched the Holy Spirit. You can grieve the Holy Spirit, and that is, not obeying what the Bible says, and you've gone against what the Bible says. You've done uh, a sin, you might say, of commission, rather than omission. And so you can grieve the Holy Spirit. And it's difficult because we fight what? The Bible says in 1 John, three things, the, the world, the flesh, and the devil. The world's always here. You ever notice that? The world never goes away. The flesh, always here. Very convenient. The body is very convenient to sin. And then there's the devil who's always using the world and the flesh together to bring temptation in our life. He's like a roaring lion, the Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 5, and he's ever to try to get us to stumble and go into sin. And the Bible even says to devour us. Now this Hebrew word, hurt, pain, evil, wickedness, lead us not into temptation. Listen, you can't be caught in a place where you've never been. So what happens? You're, sent, you're, you're tempted, the bait is dropped. You're not where you need to be with the Lord or maybe at the wrong place at the wrong time. You're thinking too long on something. You look too long, you think too long. The sin is yielded to and the fellowship with God is cut off. You repent of that, you get right back into the fellowship with God. But what happens so often is that we know going in what we did, almost tempting Satan to tempt us, very difficult to repent of that. Very difficult to turn away. But then the bait is dropped and it gets its hooks into us. You remember the story of me telling you the story of the, um, the eagle flying over the frozen lake, frozen river? And uh, as they're going down the frozen river, there's a waterfall that's soon to come, and he knows that. But he sees a deer, a carcass, dead deer right there in the water, frozen. He reaches down and goes in and sinks his talons into the deer and begins to feast. And he thinks to himself, "I can take one more bite, one more bite, and I'll. I'll. As soon as we start going over the waterfall, I've, I'm going to do just what I've done before. I'm going to fly to safety." But he stayed too long. And as he, his talons were in the deer, they were they began to freeze. And when he lifted up his wings to fly away, he found himself frozen into that carcass, and he went over the cliff and died. Sometimes we just hang on too long, don't we? We stay too long in the place of temptation, and it takes us. Many pastors you read about, I've read about pastors and suicidal. Other pastors that have fallen, I pick on pastors because I'm saying, hey, you know, really, if it could happen to us, the higher you go up in leadership, the, fewer, the, 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 the more you go up on Satan's hit list, Bob Record, who wrote a book, Beneath the Surface for Men, it's a men's uh, book. We've given it to many of our men over the years. Tells a story of one of his friends. He says, I can remember waiting on the phone as I listened to the ringing on the other end of the line. I dreaded the moment Stan would answer. Stan had been a friend of mine, and we'd spoken together on national programs, traveled together, had coffee and meals together. Laughed together, prayed together, shared openly about our life together, or so I thought. I just learned that and discovered he had an ongoing affair. His wife walked away, and being a minister, Stan was relieved from his position. And finally, I heard a voice on the other end. All I could do was blurt out, how could you do it? Didn't you realize what was happening? Weren't there alarms going off, at least when the affair was in danger of beginning? His response reminded me of the hush at a funeral home, and someone had died. After what seemed to be an eternity of deafening silence, he hesitantly responded, yes, Bob, there were alarms and there were warnings. I heard the alarms of my conscience and God's word clanging within my life, but I decided to disconnect the wires. He's in the wrong place, wrong time, stayed too long. And like the talons and the deer, going off the cliff, messing up his life. What is he praying for? Jabez is saying, look, my life was born in pain. That's how I started. That's not how I want to end. God, would you protect me with all the blessings in life, with all the enlargement of my territory, with all the empowerment to do what I needed to do with your hand upon me. God, most of all, everything, don't, Lord, I don't want to end my life in pain in wickedness and evil causing harm to me and others as well now there's a way that you can resist temptation the bible says in 1st corinthians 10:13 you can do that but how much better it is for you to pray god god you have all power and i pray god that you would lead me not into temptation, but also deliver me from evil. And when I come across those, I'll, I'll recognize it. I'll see the alarms, alarm bells going off. And I will be in a position walking with you, not tired, not bewildered, not discouraged, but trusting in you, knowing that you are a God of blessing. Again, notice what it says at the end. And God granted what he asked. Isn't that wonderful? What a prompt. What a great word from God. He promised what he asked. David Wilkinson, Bruce Wilkinson, in the book of uh, Prayer of Jabez says this. I think it's great. Jabez was blessed simply because he refused to let any obstacle, person, or opinion loom larger than God's nature. And God's nature is to bless. His kindness, kindness in recording Jabez's story in the Bible, is proof that. It's not who you are. It's not who your parents decided you would be or fate. What counts is knowing who you want to be and asking for it. Through a simple believing prayer, you can change your future. You can change what happens to you one minute from now. That's how powerful prayer can be. You say, well, this is a magic formula. No, it's not a magic formula. Four things to pray for. Four things. Whether you quote the verse or not, four things. Four things. Lord, bless me indeed. Lord, enlarge my borders, my influence. Lord, empower me to do what I need to do. And Lord, keep me from harm. Keep me from the pain. Keep me from evil. Four things. Friend of mine, again, challenges church to do this. I'm gonna just challenge you to do it for 30 days. Pray the prayer of Jabez for 30 days and see what God can do in your life bless me enlarge me empower me protect me four things four simple things all of us can do this there's not a person here that shouldn't sign up for that unless you just don't know Christ at all and then you need to receive Christ but in your on your card and you can notice this not only in your pew uh, laying down in your pew you can take one up or you can go on the QR code or our website and look at one of these cards, this welcome card. Now on the front of it, we want the same information that we normally ask for, especially if you're visiting with us. We wanna get to know you. We wanna be a blessing to your life. But on the back, it's different. One time card. It says on the back here, I commit to pray the prayer of Jabez for the next 30 days. If that's something that you wanna do, and I, I don't see any reason why you would not. You're not signing up really for anything. We're not gonna require anything of you. You're just committing to God and say, I'm with you, pastor, and I'm with the church. I want to pray this prayer of Jabez for my life and for the church as well, but mainly for my life. I want to do that. You put a little check in that box and make sure we get it at the end of the service. Now, if you've never received Christ and that's the prayer of your heart right now, you can't get here. You can't get here because the Holy Spirit does not really live in your heart. You've never had that born-again, changed life experience that is so prevalent in our congregation among so many other people. You've never really experienced that. Today should be your day. Get started right now, brand new year. Get started right now of repenting of your sins and inviting Christ into your life based on what he did for you on the cross. Let's pray together. I first of all wanna pray over all the congregation, this prayer of Jabez, And then we're gonna be actually putting it on video every day, a different uh, pastor along with myself and uh, praying with you every day through an email that we'll send you, praying the prayer of Jabez. But let me pray that and then let me pray for those among us that need to to receive the Lord. God, we come to you in prayer in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, so much for the message that uh, Jabez gives us, or rather you give us through the life of Jabez. And Lord, I pray that, again, you would bless us indeed. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would enlarge our influence for the cause of Christ in our family, in our business, in our church, outside in ministry, on our mission. Then, Lord, I pray that you would empower us with the power of the Holy Spirit. And finally, that you would keep us from temptation, that we would not do us and others harm. And then, Lord, I pray for those who have never received Christ. I pray that they would pray along with me as I pray right now. Lord God, thank you for loving me. Thank you for going to the cross and dying there for my sins. I open up the door of my heart, and I ask you, Lord, to come in. Make me the person that you want me to be. Help me to be the object of your blessing the way you want to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. You can find more sermons and other information at crosslifechurch.com.